0: Welcome to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning Workshop Whisperer podcast, as featured by Apple, with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to Platinum sponsor Podium, Titanium sponsor Mechanic Desk, and Diamond sponsor Ventavid. Whispering Loudly
1: is the Workshop Whisperer podcast with Rachel Evans. Hello, I'm producer Mel, and we are joined today by Ollie Wood. As a founder of the Meta Project, Ollie Wood is known for his ability to see the big picture. Rather than simply encouraging high performers to do more and work harder, Ollie has worked with world-leading experts in exercise, nutrition, biochemistry and coaching to develop a more holistic, scientific and sustainable approach to health and performance. Ollie's goal is to help professionals on the pursuit of growth and improvement to make sure they don't leave their body and energy behind and with this framework they can change the way people fuel and nourish their bodies for good. We're so excited to have you on the podcast, Ollie Thank you so much for joining us. Ollie, so good to have you on and get the opportunity for all of our amazing Whispering Loudly listeners to be able to understand a little bit more, not just about what you do, but how maybe they're neglecting probably their most important asset and what they might be able to do about that. So thanks for joining me today. How about we just add to that little bit of introduction there and you tell us a little bit more about you and how you ended up in this space?
2: Yeah, absolutely. For me, I was very much someone who... I immersed myself into a lot of sports really quickly, right? I think I managed to see the, those little nuances that you don't see on TV and, and rugby and triathlons in rowing and all of the things that, that you need to take to learn something. And I think really, really quickly the skill of learning something quickly. You start to realize that that comes through not reading a textbook or wearing the T-shirt, but really an immersion in that space and knowing what that looks like from the lingo, from the community, the words you use to portray how you feel in that area. So I think for me, that was more a case of, although it was physically demanding it was more a case of learning really really quickly and that as you would imagine sort of ties over quite nicely into business you see that all the time is the ability to simply know when to push know when you need to learn and just absorb as much as you need to but i was really used to being fit moving all that stuff and i think as soon as you move into a health space and i was running a decent sized business of at least 15 employees by the time i was 25 And by the time I got there, there was a lot of growth that I knew was required of me. And I think this is potentially where we'll go in today's conversation. But knowing the level of my business was clearly articulated by the level of my personal growth. And in order for me to be better in the business sense, I knew I needed to become better personally. Now, that showed up personally through things like my nutrition and training were doing okay. But I was noticing I was really starting to dive into a bit of a spiral, which I later found out was more chronic fatigue. And it was really starting to become a place of stress for me because I wasn't able to show up in the way that I needed to day to day. And it was my body holding me back from all the things I know I wanted to do, but it just wasn't. I didn't have the vehicle for me to to show up in the way i wanted to and i think that just allowed for another you know massive immersion of learning in a space of just going deeper than simply exercise nutrition what are the components of deeper health that you need to take into account the the mental barriers to that the understanding of how that body's re-functioning. and if we're going through a high level of stress and demand on the body, or we're aging and we're seeing shifts in hormonal balances or lack thereof, I think it's getting an idea of where do we start, what do we focus on, and how does that tie back into the picture of business and progression of just being the best version of you.
1: And the Meta Project itself, can you give us a rundown of how it started and, and what it's all about?
2: Yeah, well, I think it's very much tied into my personal journey in the way of those steps, but the the word meta or our form of what that ultimately means is more expansive, more integrated, and ultimately more self-aware. And then when we go through that that journey of understanding the components required for us to show up in the way we want to, I think for me, or the way it, it became about with Meta Project is understanding there was so much there. And as you've likely done in, in your space as well, is the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Very much meta has been built around the the awareness of bringing in our clinical nutritionists, bringing in our mindset coaches, bringing in our exercise specialist into one space. So they're actually working as a unit together rather than looking at them separately. And I think looking at that, you know, we always get asked, you know, is it how much, what percentage is nutrition? What percentage is training? But ultimately it's an integration of them together and knowing when can we push, when do we need to find a brake pedal to really just get you back on your side. So really that's where Meta's come from is just stepping back, looking at the bigger picture and then understanding how that's going to integrate. And then ultimately how do we, Bring up the mirror a little bit to have a bit more self awareness of how we're maybe sabotaging that, or how can we simply make it easier? Because I think there's a lot of people really forcing themselves to be better in that health space. But they're trying to push hard on the accelerator when the other foot's still on the brake. And that's really not allowing us to go
0: anywhere.
1: And Ollie, we talk a lot on this podcast about how important physical, mental, emotional and spiritual health is. There are many auto repair shop owners who forget that the work they're doing now is so that they can have a fruitful future in retirement or just living the lifestyle they've always wanted to. Can you share with our audience why it's so important to invest in their health today, not only so they feel good for themselves, but also uh, for their business, their team and everyone else in their life?
2: Yeah, I think it's a really, really good question. And it's an area that I think most business owners know they need to focus on. They realize that health is there, but as we know, uh, shoulds don't really get very far if we've got someone at a party that says, oh, I can't drink tonight, you've just left the gate right open to, to find a way to push past that and find a way to create a story that, oh, it's okay. Whereas if I'm not drinking tonight because I feel better and I've got something on tomorrow, then it becomes a decision that I'm really owning as who I am. But if we go a little bit deeper into that, I think... Looking at health and business, not necessarily as opposites, but one that can obviously complement the other, I think is really, really important. When I went through the personal training space, I think it was very much, you know, we're working with our business owners, we're working with the high-level execs, and they're always working, and that's why they're not healthy. But I don't think that's true. It's looking at, there's a component where if we're not looking after ourselves, then that corporate or business environment is completely steamrolling us. So the goal there is how can we find those little pockets of joy, those little pockets of energy in our day to ultimately front load those buckets. If we know that we have a flat out week, don't dive into the week, get to the weekend and then have to refill. What can we do to actually preload that week, know that we're in a position that our energy's there, we're feeling good in our own skin, we've done something to really set up that week. Now that could be as simple as making sure we go for a mountain bike on the Sunday and we just let ourselves feel like we're sweated, we've moved. Or it can be those little pockets in the week to make sure we have a, a massage on a Thursday or whatever it is to just make sure we're filling our cup too. Because in that workspace, whatever environment that is, there's a certain amount of energy that we have to pour into that space. And if we don't have anything for us to, uh, I guess, pull from in that space, which a lot of people get to, I think we're simply running off fumes. And that's when we start to feel really flat. We start to really not identify the opportunities to become that little bit better. And especially when we're in a business space to be competitive to be you know above the rest in regards to our performance or where we can really highlight our level of skill set we need to have energy we have to enjoy what we're doing and I think at some point we start to lose that when we're not filling those pockets Enjoy joy during the week it's not about finding two years in the uh, two weeks in the year to have a holiday it's how can we actually integrate that into every week.
1: And I think you just said something that's really important for our listeners to hear that it's not just two weeks holiday in a year that's going to help reset them for the other 50. That would be the thought that so many of our listeners have because many of them will only actually take maybe a two-week period over Christmas, New Year. They, They feel that that's the only time they'll give themselves permission to close the business and I think one other thing that you said which many wouldn't consider is the concept of pre-loading your week many of the guys especially in these auto repair shops they might work a 12-hour day and think that filling their cup is actually filling their belly with a few after work beers to relax or exercise isn't something they've done for years so what would you say to those guys
2: Yeah, I love that you've gone there because I was that person that saw weekdays as, you know, get shit done. And then weekends were simply get more shit done without meetings, right? (laughs) And I think taking that time to find a way to fit us into our day certainly has to come from a level of self-compassion. And I think the whole pursuit of health needs to come from a level of self-compassion as opposed to self-hate where it's kind of like I don't want to be this way I don't want to feel this way tends to be a level of pain or a threshold that we tend to overcome in order to get on the health pursuit to start and I think it's a really healthy unhealthy one to use long term because we associate needing to feel bad or angry about ourselves in order to exercise and that i think is really really deep rooted and a lot of people don't see that come through so it has to come from a level of self-compassion but when we look at that in the space of business and i have these conversations every single week both with myself and clients is well i can't just you know go to the gym at two o'clock in the afternoon while the people are working you know i could but i just feel bad about it and it's like well if you're grumpy all afternoon and you're being short with everyone do you really think they're getting the best of you anyway Right. So if you take that time to unplug for twenty minutes, go for a walk around the block and come back and you're you're more receptive, you're more present, and that allows you to have a more productive afternoon, then I think that's gonna be a pretty pretty good place to start. And I think there just needs to be an adjustment in it may even simply come down to many of us being paid via hour as opposed to paid via outcome. Right, and we start to, start to look at how we're looking at our business and how we're looking at certain tasks being done, it can come down to the outcome. And if we're in a position that we've filled our cup, our energy is good, we're being productive, and we can crank that out in an hour rather than dragging out through three or four, that always comes from an awareness of, am I fully on or am I fully off? Because most people are just in the middle, humming along kind of in the gray because they're never able to fully switch off at the end of the day, right? And I turn my phone on, uh, do not disturb is why well. you couldn't uh, contact me before. And I've had that like that for weeks and I don't turn it off. There's no notifications that go bing and get in the way of my just my my focus, my ability to stay present in that moment. And it's just like a subtle little things in your environment that I think we can certainly dive into. But allows you to have the space to do the stuff that's actually meaningful. Want to
0: find out how the Workshop Whisperer team can put your auto repair shop on the path to business success? Head to loudly to claim your free workshop success session with the team.
1: Let's talk about the motivation to change and then getting on the change bandwagon and staying there, having the discipline to stay there. As business coaches, we've seen our fair share of business owners who come to us for help. They might join lots of webinars, get stuck in uh, right in the early days of their work with us, super motivated. However, after a short while, their old habits take over again. And Whether that's uh, not setting a good example for their team by losing their temper or constantly working in the business or on it, or simply just not looking after their body, what would you say are the reasons for this? For being super motivated in the beginning, showing some really positive signs that they're going to make some changes, but then going backwards. Do you have three tips for us uh, on catching yourself before slipping back into old habits?
2: Yeah. And you and I both know uh, the frustration behind if you just did the steps consistently, you know, you'd get there, right? And mm-hmm. I, you see that so much in the space. And it, my general <laughs> progression as a coach has gone like, let's nail training. Let's understand this whole gut health space. And now I'm just obsessing about behavior design. And it's an area that it's all good knowing all the things and having some letters next to your name. But if you're not doing the stuff, that knowledge is only knowledge. It's not, it's not actually there in application. So I think that's definitely a component of breaking it down to what it's going to look like in the day. But I think if we step back one, this was, was seen <laughs> by myself through the initial lockdown was uh, watching The Last Dance, right? Going through the basketball series and loving it and just seeing the, the fame, seeing how it looked on camera, just really enjoying the series. So what are we going to do? We went and bought a basketball, right? We did one game and then the basketball's never been used again. And the reason that that happens is because we glorify the result, right? If we watch the Olympics and we see someone uh, that's just won the triathlon, yeah, that sounds awesome. We're going to go get back into triathlons. We haven't done it for the reason that is going to allow it to last long term. We've immediately made it very short term focused because we've glorified the external outcome or what that thing is rather than simply doing it for how that's going to make me feel on a day-to-day basis. I did a really deep training training on this yesterday around uh, the morning routine. Right, we can add in our cold shower. We can add in our morning run. We can do our yoga. And I've had clients come back to me and say that they've done all five of those things before nine am, and they still feel stressed. You've completely missed the point. Right, the goal is how can I set up your day so that you feel that you filled your cup and you're in a position that allows you to show up as your best. If that is you rolling out of bed, having a cup of coffee, doing a calf stretch, and then walking to work, then great. It doesn't need to be a big intricate list of of things. There, it just needs to be something you ticked off for you at the start of the day. Right. So I think that's really a point of focus is don't do it for the goal, do it for the person that makes you to be become the person that will achieve the goal. And I think that's really deep rooted in how we need to shift our focus of goals. But then we start to look at, if we're looking at this motivation, which we know uh, potentially is coming from the external outcome, which is glorifying the goal, but we're looking at it as purely a motivation or purely the willpower attached to that motivation for it to happen long-term. As soon as we become something that is, uncomfortable, it starts to become hard, and we rely on that motivation, that is eventually going to run out. That's not something we can rely on. So making those shifts in uh, our environment and what makes it easier for us to maintain is definitely going to be step one, right? If you give me a bowl of ice cream, I will inhale it. It's not that I've got more motivation or willpower than you. It's that we can take that time or the next person. It's taking the time to be intentional about my environment so that that's something I maintain. So I think that's a just a really, really good per, first point. And like we start today's today's conversation was, you know, to become the surfer, it doesn't come from wearing a T-shirt. So I think that immersion in that space is definitely helpful. And as you notice, you know, as people do less of the task, they tend to be more and more distant from the group calls, from having those meetings of being part of that space. And it's intentional from a guilt and shame component we need to look at because it comes from a place of potentially lack rather than compassion. But the second part is really, getting them more engaged being them part of that space so they can move forward if that makes sense
1: it absolutely does and it's such great advice and i know for myself sometimes you know i have these things that on my metaphorical self-care list and it becomes just like another punishing to-do list like all the other to-do lists you know that sit on my uh, on my work desk during the day and it ends up not being self-care at all. It ends up being destructive. So important what you're saying about, you know, things that will help us become the person that will achieve the
2: goal. Oh, and you've that. brought up a really good point. I know you mentioned for the, you know, what were the three steps, which I didn't really give you, but I, I gave you some backstory <laughs> on that. <there. laughs> but the first one you've br- just brought up, right, is our natural tendency to be so negative or have that negativity bias towards the things we didn't do rather than the things we did. Now, if, if someone asked me how many times should I exercise a week, well, I'm not going to say five if you currently do zero. One would be a really great place to start, <laughs> right, and build that up from there. So when we look at that, it's breaking it down into small steps that we can do every day. You don't learn how to fit health into your week if you've had a perfect week, you're on holiday, you don't have a whole lot of things to do. You learn how to keep health in your life. When shit hits the fan, and you can still do it, right? You're mm-hmm. still finding those three things that just – two or three things that you can protect, your non-negotiables that stay in there regardless, and then you have the extras that are a bonus. You know, as our mindset coach says a lot, leave room for amazing, right? If you want to walk every day, start with four as your non-negotiable and then have those threes as bonus points Mm -hmm. because then we start to learn stuff on the hard weeks we all know the people that haven't started because they're still waiting for
0: the week. Join quick. our free Facebook group, Your Profitable Auto Repair Shop, and join in on the conversation with auto repair shop owners just like you globally.
1: You mentioned mindset there with your mindset coach, and you know you've just spoken about start small. What are some other ways to start small for those who are, you know, think recognizing that yeah, this is he's probably talking to me, and I should probably pull my finger out here.
2: Yeah, yeah. The first one we use all the time is I don't have time for exercise. Right. And my response to that is, of course, you don't have time for exercise because you're trying to find an hour and a half. Right. How about I just ask you to find 10 minutes. Ah, now we can see 10 minutes everywhere, right? We can go for a walk around the block and we can build that up. And if you have more time than 10 minutes, awesome, keep going, all right? But the the initial attention uh, intention of you removing yourself from the screen or the email or the thing that you think is really important and just taking that first step out the door is much harder than the actual walk or gym session itself. So if it's simply the thought of, let's go in there and do one exercise or do the 10 minutes exercise, the block there is now your need for significance for it to be a massive workout, not the fact that you you didn't have an hour, right? So I think just breaking that down and being okay with what's the minimum effective dose that's actually gonna be beneficial for me moving forward, because now we start to look at breaking it into a level that can happen every day, rather than a once a week. And we see that happen in that motivation space, as you said, people get started, they feel ready to go, they do all the things, right when if they just started with one thing and did it every day that would be so much closer to that target right so we always in the health space uh, i intentionally focus on you're really motivated right now so i'm going to really break this down and get you to focus on just the one to two things rather than the 10 things that you need to do that will only last a week so i think just starting and framing that a little bit differently i think a really really important part of that is looking at you are not broken, the approach you continue to use is broken. So start to use something that's gonna serve you a little bit more. Start small and continue to build that up over time. You're not gonna go from the desk worker to the all black overnight. You need to just walk out the door first.
1: Bit of a New Zealand example there, nice one. And I think as our uh, our mutual friend, Michael Gugliaro would say, just start and stay started. Ollie, it's always amazing to spend time with you when we get the opportunity. If our Whispering Loudly listeners would like to learn more about you and the Meta Project, how can they find that information?
2: Oh, I absolutely appreciate being on here. If you want to dive more into uh, stuff from from us, I think generally through uh, Instagram, just Oliwood at uh, NZ, I believe is the handle. Uh, I probably put up quite a lot of stuff there just keeping you involved in our world. And the metaproject.co, we put up a lot of free content there in regards to diving deeper into the areas of those three. So there's definitely a huge mindset component of how can we make sure that this stuff actually applies to your day-to-day life and how can we make it extra more? I think is a huge component. But we do dive pretty deep into the exercise and, tra- and uh, nutrition components too. So we can just get an idea of how can we make it, stop making it so hard for yourself? If you feel like your body's slowing down or you're spinning your wheels, what's something we can identify as something to focus on? And ultimately, how's that actually going to fit into a day-to-day life?
1: Amazing. Ollie, again, wonderful to speak with you and get your insights I know that there'll be some motivated to go and do something about this right now, and that's a great thing. So thank you so much for joining me today.
2: No problem at all. I think it's an expensive conversation of really, you know, there's no wealth without health. And if we can just start to look at them not being competing, but very complementary to each other. I think you find a way to just fit it back in in a way that you feel good about it rather than something you're fighting against
0: the whole time. Thanks for listening to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning workshop whisperer podcast, as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to Platinum sponsor Podium, Titanium sponsor Mechanic Desk, and Diamond sponsor Ventivia i we'll you